and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Thursday evening, uh, a couple hours after the NBA's trade deadline. Uh, joining me from Philadelphia, where a little trade went down today, is Tim Bontemps. You mean, you mean guys got traded here today? Really? <laughs> I didn't know. Head over to the airport. They're on their way. If they're not already there. <laughs> they can just drive down 95, Brian. Don't even need to fly. Not flying sure, from New York. I'm sure they're flying. Um, uh, joining us from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, where there was a trade made today. There's a game tonight, but I'm interested mm. in hearing what this is. What happens with this big trade today is Van McMahon. Howdy, partners. Our buddy Ohm is here, too. Ohm Young Mysick. Uh and he tells me when the Clippers shoot around today, he said there was nice little posters of Kristaps Porzingis out on the seats. I just made a trip through the bowl. The posters are gone. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> Can't imagine why. <laughs> scramble. Do you read an operation? Scramble, scramble. <laughs> I'll bet if you were looking in some dumpsters, you might be able to find them out in the loading dock. Uh, so, we guys, we had a pretty active trade deadline today. Remember last week we did a um, – we talked about uh, on our Hoop Collective short about um, – um, you know, the most impactful trade deadline day deals ever. Well, I think this one is leapt up is leapt up into it because the definition of a blockbuster, um, James Harden and, and to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons and a bunch of ancillary pieces. Um, this has dominated uh, our professional lives for the last uh, few days for sure. Um, I, I would I would amend that to the past several months, at least for some of right. us. <laughs> yeah, for you, for sure. Yeah. But these last few days, you know, for those of us in this profession, um, I mean, we, we work all the time nonstop on on, on working with sources. But these th- six, seven days leading to the trade deadline is borderline insane. The amount of um, communication and, and talks that go on and like 98 percent of it is useless. And the, I've talked about this before, but whatever, that doesn't matter. What matters is they got this deal done um, a couple hours before the deadline. And uh, Bon Temps, you've covered this this entire year. Um, we've talked about it a lot on here. Um, in my view, uh, once the Nets came to terms with the reality that James Harden didn't want to be there and what that means, a lot of guys don't want to be places. Um, but what it means when James Harden doesn't want to be where you with, with your team, once they came to terms with that reality, it was all about negotiating the exit and James Harden essentially defecated on the floor Ooh. Uh, last week um, and forced this to happen. And so, maybe his hamstring tightened up when he was squatting. <laughs> and um, so, so, so Bontemps, first off, let me just ask you, um, what do you think about the deal itself? Uh, Phil, you know, go over, if you wouldn't mind what they, what you wrote all about today and, and, sure. and, and what you think about just the deal itself. So the, uh, the Sixers are getting James Harden and Paul Millsap from the Sixers or from the Nets and the Nets are getting Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, two first round picks. One this year, next year, one very far in the future. Um, it's either they can either, they can either they can choose to take the pick this year, or they can defer it to next year. Right? They can have this year's pick or next year's pick, and then they can have one in I think either twenty twenty seven or twenty eight. Um, look, I think Tim, the other Tim, had to deal with this last year in Houston, right? 
when James Harden decides he is done with something, it's pretty clear he's done. And he's he's could, an elite quitter. <laughs> <laughs> and you could see over the last week, you know, this situation was obviously in a rough place. And, you know, I think logically this makes sense for everybody, right? The Sixers get James Harden, the guy Daryl Morey has obviously wanted for a long time, had a lot of success with in Houston. Um, could be a very interesting combination with Joel Embiid here in Philadelphia. I'll get to that part in a second. And the Nets get Ben Simmons, who I think can be a really good fit with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is a lot cheaper is locked up for a long time. They get Seth Curry, who I think can fit with them too. Ironically, we joked a lot last year about Andre Drummond with the Lakers. I actually think Andre Drummond is, can help the Nets some like, I do actually think as a big body who could give them some rebounding, I'm not saying it's a huge deal, but like, they had literally some, no size. some nights, some nights he can really help you and other nights he can't. But I mean, on some nights he can really help you. He's at least a, like, look, if they're playing, say, Philly in a playoff series, they had literally nobody to guard Joel Embiid. I'm not saying Andrew Drummond's going to slow down and beat. He's not. But at least they have a body to throw at him who can get some rebounds. Now. So I think your I, point is like, that's not a throw in. Like that was actually, you know, I can understand uh, why the Nets were like, uh, right. I can understand why the Nets were like, hey, if we're going to do this trade, we'd like to get Drummond. Now, yeah. obviously, the big thing here is how is James Harden going to fit with Joel Embiid in Philly? I have talked a and, lot. And, and how long? One, how long? Right. So uh, our Bobby Marks has reported he's going to opt into his contract, which is not a surprise. He gets the most money if he opts in and then signs a long-term extension with Philly. I'm sure he will do that. He will be being paid $60 million when he's 38 years old. That's not going to work, right? That's going to be bad. But you can say that now. It's fine. If Philly wins a championship in the next one to three years with Joel Embiid and James Harden, it will be great. All the money will be worth it, right? Like, mm -hmm. as you say all the time, Brian, if you win a championship, you never have to say you're sorry. Banners hang forever. Flags fly forever. If they win the championship, this will all be great. That's yeah, you, very... you don't have to say you're sorry unless you trade for Russell Westbrook and the Lakers are still apologizing. They just well, won a couple years ago. But that's neither here nor there. Let's, that, well, let's keep focused, but guys. It's, that's a, it's a, <laughs> yes, we have to keep focused. We always keep focused on this spot. That, though, is a very, very high bar to reach. And look, Zach wrote, a, Zach wrote a whole thing about James Harden in the playoffs last year. You, you and I, Tim, were in Houston in 2017 for game six against the San Antonio Spurs. I remember I was sitting with Kurt Goldsberry, who was then working for the Spurs before that game, 10 minutes before it started. Kawhi Leonard wasn't going to play. Mm -hmm. All the Spurs guys were furious. They're going to have to go back to San Antonio for game seven. Like, man, we had a chance to win this series. Now we're going to lose. I think the score at the end of the first quarter of that game was 9,000 to 10. And I'd have to look it up. I believe Harden had more or as many turnovers as, as points or it was really close in, in it, that game. It was a catastrophic loss. And that's just one of several black holes on his resume in the playoffs. So for, for everything else that's gone on with James Harden, this is ultimately – a put up or shut up moment for James Harden. He got well, what he wanted. Mm -hmm. He gets to Philadelphia. Yeah. He he's with Joel Embiid. He's going to have the ball all the time. Like mm. this is all set up for him. Well, but you know what I mean? He's going to be the point guard. He's not sharing point guard dues to anybody, right? Tyrese Maxey is not going to be taking the ball from right. him. James Harden got what he wanted. He's got his co-star. He's here in Philly. He's going to have all his money. He's with their Amori. All of it's set. So like, this is, this is it. If it does not work here, if they don't win big here, like that's it. There's not going to be other chances. So, you know, look, we can talk all day about how bad the contract's going to be down the road. It's not going to be good. 
But this is on James Harden to make this work because after everything else that's happened, this is the last chance loon. And, you know, it's it's got to work or or else it's going to really be a long-term stain on his resume with the way these past couple situations have gone. Or perhaps it's the last chance gentleman's establishment. Who, <laughs> you know, who I'm could just, say? Yeah, who knows? But here's the thing. You better win this season. Because if we've learned anything about James Harden, next year ain't guaranteed. The expiration date on his partnerships with co-stars keeps getting shorter. And it went from three years with Dwight, where the last year and a half was miserable. One, two years with CP3, the last year was miserable. A year with, uh, with Russ, most of that year was miserable. A little over a year with, with KD and part-time Kyrie. Uh, clearly, this year was, was miserable. So, you know, you got this year, and then we're going to see what happens next year. Forget the long-term, uh, you know, the contract. Forget that. You better win right now because there is a short shelf life on James Harden partnerships. And, man, Daryl Morey, in a lot of ways, made his career by trading for James Harden, right? After, you know, Harden and, – and look – the one thing, the one breakup I don't, you can't put at all at, at uh, Harden's feet was Oklahoma City. They didn't want to max him. Clearly, he was <laughs> not just a max player, but a no brainer max player. No, that, so, I mean, look, the James Harden trade to, to Houston defined a lot of yeah. the last decade in the NBA. I mean, that a made mammoth Darryl, transaction. Yeah. And Daryl will be the first. That made Daryl. This trade is a massive risk. This one could break him as far as, as uh, Daryl's Philly tenure goes. I, I, I think I I think we all expected Harden to end up in Philly. I personally, until the last few days, expected it to be this summer. I thought he would suck it up, give it a run with the Nets, you know, finish it up, and then you know they'd figure it out this summer. Uh, clearly, he decided he wasn't willing to wait, and you know, shut it down on the court against the Kings, and then decided he wasn't even going to go through those motions anymore. He made this happen under those circumstances. I thought the Nets did pretty damn well. I thought the Nets did as well today as they could have possibly hoped for if this thing would have dragged into the summer. Can I add one thing really quick, Brian? Um, obviously, we just spent a lot of time talking about James Harden breakups with teams. This all started when the Nets chose to bring back Kyrie Irving. This is about... Kyrie you mean ultimately. the uh the, the from the vaccine everything the, that's happened yeah. yes allowing Jay, allowing Kyrie Irving to be a part time player is the genesis of everything that we're talking about today. But if and Kyrie was that, a, if Kyrie was a no time player, he was going to be you know look James. Look, but hold on, hold on. This hold wasn't on. working. Just, just but, to just to be, I just think to be fair to Harden, I think it's worth pointing out when the Nets chose to have Kyrie Irving come back and be a part time player, they were in first place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think Kevin Durant getting hurt. I, listen, I understand, but everything that's gone on since then, it, it goes back to that decision and the decision to have Kyrie come back and be part in and part out. It's not a coincidence that over the last month, James Harden has said a bunch of times, oh, every time the same line, we really need this guy out here every game. This guy, you, you saw what he did today. We need him out here every game. He said it a bunch of times. So I just think it's worth pointing out. Like, look, he clearly has a history of this, right? But it, it is very, I think, important to point out that this all started with that and just the overall decision by Kyrie to not get vac the vaccine and him not playing this year is a huge part of this. And I, I just think it was worth us pointing out before we got into this any further. 
Yeah, and that's ultimately why um, the Sixers gave up the picks and the couple of players. And Seth Curry, again, Seth Curry, not a throw-in. Seth, Seth Curry's no. a good player on a cheap contract who really fits well with Joel Embiid. Yeah, and will fit well with any team because yes, he, he shoots the heck out of it. Yes, he will. By the way, and what so, a cold business. Daryl trades Doc's son-in-law to a rival so to, to get James Harden, it's just, it's a, I mean, well, look, and Doc's well, and Andre Drummond, son, so it's Andre ruthless. Drummond, Andre Drummond is very close with one of Doc's sons also. And part of the reason he came to Philly was Doc really recruited him to come to Philly to be Joel's backup. Like, you know, I mean, Doc talked, Doc said, talk today after practice, they were going to have practice and they canceled. And he talked about like how it's tough when you're a coach, you, you know, you kind of welcome people in and you have to deal with tough situations. And mm-hmm. 45 minutes later, his son-in-law and a close family friend were traded. You know, yeah, that's, I mean, that's life I, in the I, NBA in a nutshell. I, I, I think the Sixers knew for several days if the, the Nets took the offer that Seth was going to be in it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it was uh, just something he found out today. At least I don't think that's the team did. I don't know when Seth found out, but um, uh, I don't think he played that great last night or on Tuesday night. So I wonder if he speculated it. Um, well, he's been bang- he's been pretty banged up for a while. So that was yeah. one. off. OK, thing. fair enough. The reason I think what you described, McMahon, the reason Philly had to do this now is because if you're going to pay all this stuff for James Harden, you need to do it for as many prime postseasons as possible. And yep. I know that they had, you know, uh, you know, and this was, you know, it was a posture. Everything that happened, frankly, in the last five days was posturing. I mean, yeah. Steve Nash, I feel bad for him, you know, him just blatantly lying. I mean, what, uh, what are you going to do? Day. Um, I mean, obviously it was possible there was no deal, but I mean, to say that there was not going to be a trade was, he was not being honest, but okay. Um, but you know, the concept hey, Jason, of the, Jason Kidd kept telling us Luca or uh, Chris Depps Porzingis was the perfect co-star for Luca coaches are not, they, they are not under oath. I, I got it. I got it. I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think it was, I don't want to, I, it's a common, you know, for frame that lying to the media is perfectly acceptable in the NBA. Um, but <laughs> not only acceptable, it. it's a job required, right. but you know, we, when you lie blatantly like that, we don't forget it. So um, the, the concept of the Sixers creating cap space next summer by, by trading off Tobias Harris, which they didn't have to do. Hello, Tobias Harris is still there. He can yeah. still play for you. And if you want to trade him to make to refit your team in the summer, you still have him to trade. So it wouldn't have been the same roster. Um, but to, to, the concept of trading off Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons to create cap space would have negated the ability to compete for the title this year. And, and that mm-hmm. they've opened that window. And I think the same. And you would still would have been given, like you probably are giving up the same amount of picks. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I if, think, if not, if yeah. not more. Right. Because at that point, you people sort of know you're in a bind. So I, I mean, it I might have worked Darryl, out that way. But, you know, Darryl, and then, the other thing here is I would have believed James Harden would have left, you know, 60, whatever million dollars on the table when I saw it. Yeah. Like that is a massive chunk of change. Yeah. Because if he had signed outright with the Sixers, he couldn't have gotten the fifth year. Right. Um, but really in all honesty, Daryl Morey has taken a victory lap because for six months he said to everybody, no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for the superstar. And this is the guy he wanted. And ultimately Brooklyn knew that. And that was why they were able to exact, um, extract this deal. And frankly, um, you know, Ben Simmons is six or seven years younger than James Harden. His contract is less. His contract is cleaner. It's three more years, no opt-outs. Um, we know that there were seven or so, maybe more teams that wanted Ben Simmons over this last six mm-hmm. months. If it doesn't work out with the Nets, if you don't like what you see for, for the rest of the season, you can entertain trading him again. 
Um, plus these draft picks that they got, they can now take those out and go shopping with them. Um, uh, and, and, you know, this summer, maybe they did a little bit today, but this summer and look to add pieces to this roster as, you know, around Durant and Kyrie. Um, and I think, you know, it, it left a lot of optionality for the nets. And frankly, I think a guy who defends this terrifically on the perimeter, and I know Ben Simmons is going to defend. I mean, they don't need him to score. They have, they have two elite level scores and, and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Joe Harris, but now they have a great shooter in, in Seth Curry mm-hmm. that they brought with them. Like, I mean, yeah, you want Ben to shoot a, a, an open dunk. Okay. But you know, you don't need him to, to score uh, that much. And so um, I think Daryl Morey is, should be thrilled and, and he should be uh, doing the, uh, you know, the WWE flex because all you, everybody who was like, no, 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 take this offer from this guy, take this package from this guy. He, his strategy paid off. Well, flex, um, flex I, while you can. Well, right. I mean, I do. I, I hate giving him and uh, giving him that extension. That's why if I were the nets, this was essentially something they had to come to terms with. Um, I, 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 I don't feel like the nets damaged their championship hopes this season, but their championship hopes this season didn't look real good before this deal was done. You know, and I'm, I'm very curious the the idea of Ben Simmons filling that kind of Draymond esque, and it's not the exact same, but that that dominant defensive player, complimentary offensive guy, you know, yep. the skills to get him out. I mean, you could really talk yourself into wow, this is a great fit if he accepts that role. The, the, does Ben Simmons, you know, does he go in there thinking, okay, I'm 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 the man, I'm a superstar? Then it could get real dicey real quick if he accepts kind of hey. Here's how I can fit. Here's how I can enhance two great players. It could be, it could be really interesting. I mean, I am not a strategy expert and you can make all your jokes here. I I agree. I'm never going to compete with X's and O's. I'm never going to compete with analytics, but I have looked at Ben Simmons and said, this guy is a, this guy is a center in the modern NBA. Yeah. Not against Joel Embiid. I understand that, but, um, you, well, actually I'd pay for, I'd pay to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Embiid's tweet today. Holy Moses. I mean, he calls himself Troel Embiid. He's, he was in, he was in just rare, that, really going that, back to the trades yesterday, but really, mm. I, I, I suspect, need, I suspect the big fella had that one in the chamber. As oh the my gosh. I mean, I don't even <laughs> since the wow. day after, since the day after the <laughs> season ended last year. Oh I mean, listen, God. the other, the other night I asked the big fella if they were, if he was going to be disappointed, if they, uh, could make a trade and he you know said all the right things as he has this whole time he's been you know towing the company line about we've got enough and kyle newback from philly voice asked him can you have ben back if he doesn't get traded and joel made it very very clear that sure if he actually wants to be here and went on and on and on about how all the guys are showing up every day and they all want to be there he even said tyrese Maxey, i go at him and he you know doesn't get discouraged he just keeps playing Right. Like it, it was very clear where the Sixers were on this one. And everybody on the team openly talked about how this had just weighed on the franchise for months. And they were like openly smiling when I asked them, are you looking forward to having clarity on Thursday? Yes, this is going to be great. We can't wait to get this over with. Like usually you ask guys about that and they'll be diplomatic. Say, oh, well, you know, this stuff happens or whatever. These guys were like, like Tobias Harris has been traded four times in his career. He's like, this has been crazy. It's been weighing on me yeah. every day and nobody knows better than him what this is like to get traded in the middle of the season. So, yeah, I think Philly was more than ready for this to be over with. 
And, you know, I think to your point, Brian, if you're going to make this trade, you might as well get an extra playoff run out of James Harden because it's much better to get one on the front end than to, you know, not have it on the back end. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yeah, you're going to pay for You're going to pay for probably a, a, I don't even know how they're going to get out of this deal in the end, but it's going to be bad in the end. But And I do yeah. like the fit for Brooklyn, like you guys have both said. I yeah. think. I, I think it logically this trade made a lot of sense for everybody. I, I, you I mean, know, can, I get can't why you Philly see, did it. Can't you see Ben playing out of the post on offense? Yes, I think and, I definitely and, think you can. Uh, I'm, I'm curious: is he willing to be the guy? Is he willing to be the role man? Is he willing to set screens and roll? Well, listen, and, and I don't again, know if Joe where, Harris is going to be. I don't know if Joe Harris is going to be healthy. But think about a lineup with Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. Like, yeah. A lot I, of there ain't a lot of and, there ain't a lot of defense out there, but holy cow! Like the, the amount of space with him pushing the pace and those mm-hmm. guys flying to the wings, like they could be deadly as an offensive team in that setup. And you've got Ben to run around and fly around and do stuff on defense. So I think the fit there could be really good, and I get why Philly did it too. Like I know the contract is going to be rough later, but they go from having zero chance to win the championship to having a real chance. Like now they mm-hmm. have Joel, they have James Harden instead of a black hole on their payroll. Like I get why they did it. So now we'll see if they win and we'll see what happens to Brooklyn. And I know I'm going to be back, back here in Philly on March 10th when the Sixers play the Nets. <laughs> that will be epic. Will, will and, Ben Simmons. Well, we'll see. Uh, but it also certainly sets up the possibility of a Sixers Nets playoff series, which mm. would be unbelievable. If no Ben doubt. Simmons is playing here in a playoff series, that would be truly wild to watch and, and and look kd is 0 for 4 in terms of winning the championship with a harden on on his team he's two for three in titles with a curry on his team so this drastically <laughs> upgrades his odds that it, you want to talk about analytics wendy that is real like, deep analytics right there buddy all right well i was gonna be talking about this one for a long time looking back at it um the second biggest trade of the day and the one that i popped um now I had heard, you know, mm-hmm. McMahon and I had communicated last night on a rumor that we had heard something about Porzingis maybe being available and that the the Mavericks didn't do that deal, but they were listening. And that was, you yeah. know, in our world and it made it out there. Uh, I can't remember if it got public and somebody else reported it, but yeah, yeah. Um, Jake, Jake Fisher reported this morning. Okay. The, the okay. Toronto thing. Yeah. So uh, Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. So um but McMahon and I uh, heard that last night and we, we sniffed around on it and ultimately we heard it wasn't going to happen. But um, uh, so it was like, well, wait a minute, Porzingis is in play. 
Well, and, and, and it was funny because kind of the response I got from the Mavs is, yeah, we, you know, willing to listen, like Dragic and a pick would get the combo started, but, but would need a lot more. Um, I think by a lot more was the Raptors being willing to put some salary filler in and, and accept it. <laughs> um, and look, what they ended up doing with the Wizards, they get Spencer Dinwiddie, they get Davis Bertans, two buyers remorse contracts that the, that, that the Wizards have signed over the last couple of years. And essentially, it was one guy with a really big contract the Mavericks didn't want anymore uh, for two guys with you know smaller contracts, but money all told is about equal. Yeah, I mean, the isn't, this Tim, isn't this, Tim, uh, the Mavericks saying we really wanted Spencer Dinwiddie like that? Uh, I mean, they gave, yeah, up, well, they gave up a pick in the deal, too, right? Like they... Well, I mean, they gave up a, a, a second round. But still, like they, to me, this, the, at least to me, looking at from the outside, looking in, this certainly seemed like Dallas saying we really value Spencer. And so we're going to take on this Davis Berton's contract, which is rough. He is I mean, wait, like, uh, hold on a minute. I was going to hold on a minute. There's $63 million left on the Davis right. Berton's contract. Right. I mean, that's that. Well, I mean, he's I, been, and, and he's and been honestly, rough since he signed it. I, I, I like, we're, well, I'm, going to go in here and I'll listen to spin about how much they valued Spencer did Come on, dude. This was about moving on from Porzingis. This was about kind of saying, Hey, swing and a miss new GM, new coach moving on. And, and what's funny is as miserable as Porzingis was under Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle valued him. It turns out a lot more than Jason Kidd did. And look like availability matters. And he's, he's, you know, if you're lucky, he'll play 50 games in a year. You knock on wood and just hope and pray that he's available for the playoffs. And so they are getting back Dinwiddie, who, you know, they were looking for another guy who create another another score, some insurance for Jalen Brunson should he end up leaving in free agency. And there was some interesting stuff kind of floating uh, uh, about him today that didn't end up having a whole I gotta lot to say, it. let me just say that in my conversations with executives and agents over the last week, Jalen Brunson's name got brought up a lot yeah. as team, you know, t- teams interested in trying to sign him and, you know, maybe making moves to do it. I heard three or four different scenarios. Now they didn't really play out, but geez, oh man, I've, well, ne- I've never heard so much talk about a guy who's, you know, a high level role player, young, play young good player who's going to be an unrestricted free agent in yeah, a pretty man. weak free agent class. It's a, you know, I mean, it adds up yeah. to a good and, combination and, for him. And he, he gets better every single year. Yeah. Look, I'm a big look, Jalen, Jalen Brunson, Brunson fan. is going to get 18 to 20 million. And I don't think it's going to be a bad contract. And you know what? He, he might get it to stay right here in Dallas. I think there's probably a pretty decent chance. Well, let me uh, also bring this. that up. You, you broke this story. Let's, let's talk this out after they did this deal, after the wizards mm-hmm. did this deal, what, what did they immediately do? The, the wizards or the Mavericks. I'm sorry. He met, he met the, he met the Mavericks. Yeah. He's trying okay. to set you up for your. Yeah. News yeah. Break so just so the Mavericks have two guys, two, two starters, honestly, their second and third best players this season so far who are eligible to be unrestricted free agents. We talked about Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, the other. They could offer both these guys right up until like the eve of free agency, uh, four-year extensions right in the $55 million range. They're getting it done with Dorian Finney-Smith. They're keeping him, and he's, he's their best defensive player. He's the guy who guards the best score, whether it's one through four, has become a great 3 and D guy. Luca loves him, great role player. They're getting that done. That ain't going to be enough to get Brunson. Brunson's going into unrestricted free agency. We yeah. know because of salary cap rules, they yeah. could be extended, but they could only be extended for so much. Long story right. short, right and on. so basically, 
in the era in the era of these days where everything's called a max contract where basically you just get the most you could possibly get paid even though it technically uh smith got a max con- anyway it's 14 million dollars a year that's good value for a player like that a little, in my a little opinion. less like th- 13 and change but yeah okay and, and i'll tell you what though if he'd have gone on restricted free agents I, I was just talking to a uh, gm last week who said hey I think he's a $15 million a year player, but Corey Finney Smith's a good player at a position everybody wants. Three and D yeah. wings are the most valuable, you know, every commodity good, outside of superstars in the league. Everybody every, wants everybody wants and needs them. Every good team needs that kind of role player, especially yep. when he's a great locker room guy and embraces that role. He's happy in Dallas. You know, he didn't want to move. They got that done. Brunson's happy in Dallas. He doesn't want to move. That's not enough to get that done. And uh, there was a lot of talk about the Knicks maybe making some moves that would create that kind of cap space. They didn't. I think the Mavericks kind of feel, you know, they, and we'll see. It's always possible to happen this summer. The Pistons are the other one that it's well known. They've got interest in Brunson. Hey, you're, you're a great fit playing off of Luca, or you could be the same kind of fit playing off of Cade Cunningham. Uh, they do have that kind of cap space. They did knock on the Mavs uh, door today. I, I was told it was a pretty brief conversation. Uh, they asked about Brunson. Um, the, the Mavericks told them, sure, you know, we've got interest in Cade. And uh, that was about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but to be do. continued, to be continued this summer. Um, but look. I mean, uh, Jeremy know, Grant would look good as a Maverick. Yeah, I don't think that the Pistons were were putting him on the table. No. Um, it. This is like, let's just be straight up. The, the Brunson trade, or I'm sorry, the, the Porzingis trade, when they made it, was a blockbuster deal that the Mavericks were like, hey, we've got a guy who can be Luca's co-star for the next yep. decade plus. That did not work out. They are back to square one. The Knicks won of, that trade. They did. They, they still owe a pick to the Knicks. They yep. are back to square one in terms of finding a legit co-star for Luca. They've got some nice pieces. Finney Smith's a really nice player. You know, Brunson is, you know, if they keep him moving forward, he's a really good player. I mean, we can go on down the roster. They've got some really nice fits around him. They no do stars, not have though. anything resembling a co-star. And today was a, a punt. Um, you know, hey, they hope Dinwiddie was just a bad fit in Washington. They can get him back to being a, an effective bench scorer. They hope Bird. Bontemps, didn't you tell um, me that um, you had some number? Like, didn't you think that Dinwiddie played well when he wasn't playing with Beal? Were you telling me that? Uh, yeah, I can, I could pull those up while you guys are talking so I can, we can actually lay it out. Yeah. So and and, and Burton's totally fell out of favor. He was like a, a deep bench player. He's shooting like low thirties, but he's a career 40% three point shooter. They're hoping this move will kind of get his mojo back and he can be a, a gunner off the bench. Yeah. He, he left but, the country during the pandemic. He had an injury and then he didn't play in the bubble because of his injury. And then he come after the, the, the bubble, he signed this big contract and he was out of the country for like a huge number, a huge number of months because he did never came back after March, 2020 signed it overseas. And he came back last um, training camp and he was just like, not the same player. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was like, it was, it was buyer's remorse, like within like days, weeks, well, uh, there was like, well, he'll get back. He'll get better, but he didn't. Yeah, and uh, I, I believe this is the first time that two Latvians were traded for each other. I'm going to have to get ESPN stats and info <laughs> yes, to dig into that, that one, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty confident uh, d- declaring that. Um, but yeah, look, this is this is the Mavs, and it's a, again, it's a new GM, but it's the Mavs acknowledging, hey, the KP thing was a huge swing and miss. 
And so you break yep. it. Now you've got two, you know, it's always easier to, to move contracts when they're, I mean, they still owe now. first round picks to the Knicks that they traded. Yeah. One, they still owe one of the two yeah. that, that, that they gave up. Um, you know, look, it could have been worse. Dennis Smith jr. Could have ended up being legit, like NBA quality player that didn't happen, but whatever it's, it was a big swing and a miss. Dennis and Smith Jr. helped lead the Portland Trailblazers to win over the Lakers on Wednesday night. I'd like to point that out <laughs> yeah, to he also he also went one on five when they were up five points was, with 35 was seconds a, left. It's one of the more incredible last minute sequences I, I, of the I, game. I've told you guys see. before, if your goal is to tank, playing playing uh <laughs> DSJ in, in crunch time is a proven method. Um it helped get it helped get Luca to Dallas. But, That's right. But you know, going into Luca's, uh, you know, Supermax extension kicks in next season. Going into that, they they still like they're still this the search renews for a, a co-star. I always said Porzingis either has to be a legit co-star or the ticket to one. You know, he was neither, and and, and that's tough. Yeah, it's a tough hit, especially when you look at a team like Memphis. You know, not far away, they've got a bunch of young guys. You know, that are of a higher level. You know, obviously not by for Luca, but you know, you look at a Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant trio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not you know, like you said, Jalen Brunson, really good player. Dorian Finney-Smith, really good player. Those guys are not at the same level. And if you're looking at them going yeah. forward, like Luca's right in the same time frame as those guys, right? Like that's who their competition is going to be going forward. Was that's it? you know, Dinwiddie, they've got work to do. Dinwiddie could be good for the Mavs. He's coming off an ACL and. um he had good numbers this year when he didn't play with Bradley Beal. When he did play with Bradley Beal, they yeah. just didn't mesh. And so and, yeah, the, and, fit, and, the fit and the was Mavs, not great. The, the Mavs have been playing really well for a while. Luca's back into looking like a legit MVP candidate. You know, I don't think he will get the votes at the year because he did, you know, stunk it up a little bit by his standards to start the season. But you know, like he's back to being that dude who any given night he can give you like, you know, 35, 14, and 14. Um, you know, they're 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 not a team that people want to line up to, to see in the playoffs, but it's hard to say, okay, they were a legit championship contender. And look, realistically, the Mavericks best chance to become that contender is when they are the team where, you know, another disgruntled star somewhere saying, Hey, I want to play in Dallas. I want to play with Luca. You know, that that's going to be the Mavericks best chance to get into that, real elite type of status and you know winner if that happens we we shall find out over the next few years all right well before we move on we have a big moment big big moment um this is uh carmax uh trivia question First week of me taking over the Carmax trivia question after Brian's absolute collapse last week. Carmax Carmax told me they don't even want you to say the company name. They want (laughs) me and Bond Temps to handle this. I should just take over the introduction too. Yeah, Carmax said you. Carmax said you got to ride in the trunk. So listen, buy online or on the lot with Carmax.com. Hey, Bond Temps, what do you got? So going forward, me and our stats and information ace, Matt Williams, are going to be coming up with these trivia questions since Brian. I'm in trouble because job. Williams will, will, will totally stump us. Wait, wait, Matt Williams is uh, a legend on our stats and info group. He's the best. But uh, so the I think indeed is, free CarMax trivia question. <laughs> it is indeed free. Uh, I think this is a fun question. Uh, who is the player who has the record for being traded the most times in NBA history? Topical question. Joel Embiid. <laughs> um, it's like I want my first guess is Chris Gatling. 
uh, Chucky Brown. Chris Gatling it, is, wait, is it Ish Smith? Not the answer. It is not Ish Smith. Hey, he uh, got, traded, like he got traded today. He did get traded yeah. today. Uh, Chris Gatling is one of a few guys that has been traded eight times. Okay. Uh, that I remember one year, one year, Chris Gatling didn't get traded to trade deadline and his team had a cake for him. And like they had a party that he did not get traded. Dale uh, Ellis, Chris Gatling and Dan Dickow were all traded eight times. They are what not. About that is not Drew, the Drew Gooden. Didn't Luke Ridnour get either. Didn't Luke Ridnour get traded like six times in like three weeks oh, or something? I know. Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza is the answer. Trevor Ariza has been traded yeah. 11 times. Because he got NBA traded career. like four wow. times last year. Last year, he yes. went from Portland to Houston to Detroit. Yes. To, I don't even remember where. And yes. it was like four times in a week. Yes. As a secondary trivia question, one I asked today in the wake of the James Harden Ben Simmons trade. Uh, when is the last time two current all-stars were traded for each other since Ben Simmons and oh, James Harden one. were both all-stars last year in the all-star game? Okay. Well, IT yeah, that's for it for Kyrie. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a good guess, but no, it is not. Hmm. Is this going to be an obvious one? I mean, is there a hint? Can you give us a decade? Uh, it was it re- more recent than the it Kyrie trade. Oh, Oh, CP three for us. Uh, no, that's not yeah, Chris Paul wasn't an all-star. That's right. Um, same off season though. That off season seems like a million and six years ago. Uh, help us out, man. Go ahead. The, the answer is Kevin Durant for D'Angelo Russell. Oh, in wow. We would have been here for a long time. I mean, what what, what about D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins? Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> Wiggins hadn't gotten the, the, the K-pop boost by then. Wow. We would have. I mean, that was a sign and trade. That was a nasty one. Woof. That I mean, was that was that one. was I just asked that question because I was curious for uh, my research. And when I when I saw when I when Man. Matt told me that, I said, well, we'll ask that. So there you go. There's a there's All an right. actual correct. See, not not only time. does he come up with one great one, he comes up with two, which is more than you had in your entire tenure in charge of oh. this thing. Carmack, Tim Carmack, Bontemps and the Hoop Collective from here on, baby. Carmack, I, I had look a forward to great trivia questions every week going forward. Thanks to the genius of Matt Williams and me just uh, repeating them. So I wish I had a defense. Matt. I have no defense. Um, <laughs> so I'm in L- I'm in LA. I've been here all week doing uh, stuff with our TV operation. Um, by the way, this is the first all dress shirt edition of the Hoop Collective probably yeah. in its no, history. No, I'm wearing a polo shirt. I, I took it okay. off. It's like it's like 90 degrees here today. It's actually really warm. Super oh, tough life. Super Bowl people. Um, <laughs> super rough. The Super Bowl people are having a great time out in L.A. this week. Uh, I was on the phone all week. Um, so Lakers didn't do anything. And the only reason I think it's interesting is that because, I mean, they're not, you know, they're an also ran team. Um, I think it's interesting is that in the past when LeBron James has like rattled the cage at the trade deadline, like one year, the Cavs made a 10 player trade on deadline day. One year they made like a, they made four trades and brought in six players and sent out four players or I don't know. That was the year when they brought in, um, you know, Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson and Rodney hood and, and gave the Lakers the salary cap space to actually sign LeBron. Um, and they've always did moves at the deadline. Um, and LeBron rattled the cage this week uh, after their performance against the Bucks, And the Lakers did nothing. Now, they didn't have a whole lot to do. And why, Brian, did they not have a whole lot to do? 
Well, I mean, we can look at this going backwards. We can look at this going forwards. Well, no, I no, mean, no, 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 no. Going backwards why, is because why did LeBron's they not... GM turn this summer was a total freaking disaster. They an absolute all... disaster. They traded all of their assets, basically, for Russell Westbrook. Yes. That's why they had that no is, options today. That Russell is not Westbrook, the only... who, boy, he was picking those spirits up at the, at the end of that Bucks game. <laughs> That is not the only reason why they didn't have any assets. But, it was the biggest reason. Look, uh, it was a very large reason, a $45 yes. million dollar reason, I believe. Look, 44. A year ago at the trade deadline, their evaluation was that it was not worth trading Taylor Horton Tucker uh, for Kyle mm. Lowry. Mm. That mm. was a evaluation mistake. Um, then they did the Westbrook trade, and then it was their evaluation that it was not prudent to resign. Alex well, I was going to say, let me pause. Let me, let me pause you for one second. Cause I listened to our, our podcast the other night after the rest book trade. And you said that there were three things to evaluate to determine whether this would work for the Lakers. You said, what are they going to get in a potential sign and trade for Dennis Schroeder? What was the answer? Zero. That was what were they going to be able to do with the re-signed contracts of Taylor Horton Tucker and Alex Caruso? They obviously didn't sign Caruso. They couldn't get anything for Horton Tucker that they wanted to do today. And uh, the third thing was, um, oh, man, now I'm blanking. Was it their uh, first round pick? Maybe. What oh, it yeah, I can't. Now I'm blanking on what it was. There was a you had a perfect third point. Uh, I'm killing you. First time in your okay. life. In I know. Remember? I know it was. It's oh, very... that, no, I'm sorry. It was what were they going to do with their mid-level exception? And what was right. the answer to that? Uh, Kendrick Nunn. That, that that's is, just bad. Who has that's that? bad. No, luck. I'm, I'm not saying right. Well, who has not played a game? And that obviously you couldn't have envisioned him getting hurt. But those are the three things that could have made up around the Westbrook deal for what their offseason was going to look like. And that's three strikes. But, like but when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to the Lakers front office, really the front office is Rob Palinka and Kurt Rambis, because I don't remember what title Kurt Rambis has, but he is, he is riding side saddle when they're, it comes to basketball. The front office pecking order is LeBron Palinka Rambis. I would argue Chris, I would argue Rich Paul is in there. But, okay, fine. LeBron, and by the way, Rich, I mean, I was talked earlier about how, um, how Daryl Morey won, like Ben Simmons, by the oh, way, yeah. Ben Simmons, Simmons and Rich Paul, Paul won today. hundred yeah. percent. Uh, he's in New York. He's in New York and he's on a championship contender and he's getting his paycheck tonight when the, uh, when the Nets play in, in Washington uh, and he'll, they'll fight over the money they find him, but we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. So the, really, you know, this isn't just about LeBron, you know, rampaging in and saying, wait a minute, forget the healed trade. This is also about a misevaluation of the market and in and misevaluation of Alex Caruso. That's led to this. Yeah. Um, but really, yeah, what I saw Tail and Horton Tucker twice, really. They should have traded yeah. him for Kyle Lowry and they should have picked Alex Caruso over him last summer. Yep. If they were, yeah. if they were so, going to sign one guy, which by the way, they had the ability to sign both guys, they just chose not to do it for money. Well, it's it, you know, it's small market franchise. You got to make tough decisions. <laughs> You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Yeah, so I mean I think the thing about it is is like like I could in a world here they would have Kyle Lowry making probably 20 million dollars less. I think his salary with the with the Lakers with the uh, some 15 probably 15ish. He's okay. around it's like 27 28 a year. Okay. Um significantly less than Westbrook. They'd have Buddy Heald. They'd have Alex Caruso. They so they'd have Lowry, Heald, Caruso and they might still have a piece or two like Maybe they would still have uh, Kuzma. Maybe they'd still have Kentavious Caldwell Pope um, that they could, in theory, either use or trade somewhere else. Yep. Um, uh, so when Rob Palinka spoke to the media after the deadline today, he, I think the most important thing that he said was that, that LeBron and AD were aligned with their lack of action, which... Good job oh, for great. you know. Good job for the. Um, I mean, what, I mean, do we on the same page? Do we know if that's true or not? Anyway, uh, that's like, what Rob Palenka said. But yeah, hey, Le- uh, LeBron and AD are aligned, and we're past the point of giving. Well, a I just crap mean it, even if they whether they were aligned or not. I mean, if he'd said they weren't aligned, that would have caused a, a firestorm. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, that's a situation where, like, what else but can he say? I just want to say two things here. I think one, I. I uh, my my speculation, uh, keyword speculation. I'm not reporting this. My speculation is that the Lakers' ownership and front office was like, we're already paying a whole bunch of luxury tax dollars for this team. I don't know if we're making a trade to add more money for a roster that we that, that we don't think can make it. And two, we don't have much to trade. We have Taylor Horton Tucker, whose value is low right now. I'd like to point out his value is much lower than it was a year ago, and. Uh, the first round pick of 2027, which they just didn't want to trade. And I think. Yeah. And, and, think, and then you ask, Hey, does, does, you know, basically saying Houston, you deal with Russ and try to buy that, handle that buyout. We'll take John wall, who we've barely seen play basketball for three years and give you an unprotected 2027 first round pick. Like, does that solve any problems? Obviously yeah. decided it doesn't solve enough, if any. All right. So. The other thing is when LeBron was making those demands in Cleveland, both the first time and the second time, he was on short-term contracts. When LeBron extended his contract, um, uh, when LeBron extended his contract, he wasn't able to put a player option into it. it long story short, the rules the, of the contract extension meant that he, when he could have opted out of his contract after the season, he was not able to do that. So he is under contract for another Imagine year. Imagine where things this. would be if LeBron James could be a free agent in six spots. <laughs> right. And so like, I think they, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that was a leading decision in the Lakers, but I'm saying that I've got to present that fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think LeBron is happy. I don't know if he's happy with this season. He loves living in LA. He's raised yeah. a banner at crypto.com arena. Um, it's, you know, like, is it a staple center, but you're right. You're not there. You know, that he raised it in Orlando and in, in at Disney World, quite frankly. Well, look, and, and look, the other thing, too, is at this point, I think we all agree 
there's really no move the Lakers could have made with Tan Horton Tucker and Kendrick Dunn in a first round pick that was going to get them anywhere near. And that's why at the top of the conference. And that's why I think ownership's like what we spend a lot more money, right. give up assets to. to and, yeah. you know, I, 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 I mean, I think the thing just... you could say in their defense is they're going to have $60 million. Like, let's assume Kendrick Nunn picks up his option. I would say at this point, it's probably likely he's going to. You've got Russ at $47 million. You've got Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Nunn at 5 or $6 million. You've got Taylor Horton Tucker around $10 million. That's over $60 million in expiring contracts. And you've got two first-round picks this summer. That's a lot of expirings and first-round picks to go do something with that you can remake the roster. So. Right. I think waiting for that is much better than chasing good money after bad. Plus, they might be able to trade Westbrook this summer. He'll be a big expiring contract. And frankly, if they trade Russ for three guys who are average players. You mean mean literally just do the reverse of what they just did six months ago? Well, I mean, now Russ will be an expiring contract. So somebody may want to get off some money. Yeah, I agree. That's literally what they did. Trade Russ for three three guys. Four rotation players for Russ. I don't even think you need three rotation players. In place. I think if you got one and a half rotation players, it would be a win. Wow. You know. So um, the other thing I wanted to talk about before we went, I thought the Boston Celtics, another team that you cover closely, Tim Bontemps, I thought they had a pretty decent day today. Um, I liked it more until about two fifty-five. Uh, when they, well, well, let's say say what they did. So they traded uh, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and a fir- this year's first for Derek White, a move I really like a lot for them. And then they traded Dennis Schroeder, Ennis, Ennis Canner, Ennis Canner Freedom, I guess I should say, and um, uh, Bruno Fernando. He is free now. Uh, to the Houston Rockets for Daniel Tice. And I, I don't like, I know Brad Stevens liked Daniel Tice when he was with the Celtics. I know he can fit what they're doing. He signed for another two or three years. He was not playing for the Rockets at all. He didn't play well when he played. I thought it was strange that Boston basically just took that money and didn't get anything for it. I mean, I think they yeah. did the Rockets a pretty good favor getting out of that deal. Um, I know. I know Tice hasn't played well this year, but Tice is a. I kind of like Tice. Uh, I think, look, he's been a good player, sort of like that Thaddeus Young going to the Raptors. I think him getting a chance to play in a good team. I think he'll look pretty good with the yeah. Celtics, but. They also basically gave the Rockets a get out of jail free card for free. I wasn't really enamored with them taking on all that long term money. That said, I did really like Derek White move. Like Derek White, Marcus Smart, arguably is the best defensive backcourt in the league. And Derek White's a, a good two way player. He's, his shot's been a little off this year, but um, I, I like the fit with him going forward with Robert Williams and Jalen and Jason on the wing. And the other thing is he signed to a mid tier. Like yeah. 15, 16, $17 million contract through 2025. And obviously, there's talking about paying these other guys a ton of money. That's a really important thing. Real familiarity there with Ime Udoka, who was yep. uh, an assistant in San Antonio. For, he was on the World yeah. Cup team with Marcus and Jason right. and Jalen a couple of years ago. Like, he's a good player. So I, right. I thought that was a pretty good move. But like I, I said, like the, tice deal is, the Tice deal is weird. And it, they, are, they got a lot more expensive in the out years. It's going to be interesting. You know, let's see what happens with them going forward because they committed a lot of future money today. Well, to yeah, and they also made another deal with Orlando that got them out of the tax. So they did this and they, they stayed out of the luxury tax and they and they also have five open roster spots now. So they're going to be all over right. the buyout market for whoever's available. So we'll but see by the way, with that. let me just say something about the buyout market real quick. Uh, McMahon, I'm sorry you're stepping on you. I know the Lakers think they're going to play in the buyout market and I'm sure there's going to be some people maybe like if Tristan Thompson gets bought out who just wants to be in L.A. If you watch the Lakers this week and saw how things are going, are you like, boy, I want to be on that roster? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Lakers are going to win 
uh, any, uh, you know, many competitions, maybe as I used to, I'm sorry, go ahead, McMahon. Well, I forgot what I was going to say, but it wasn't that important anyways. <laughs> no, I mean, I was just going to basically r- ramble a little bit about Tice. Like I get what Bon Timps is saying. He'll be much better in Boston. Houston was just a, a weird fit all around, whatever. It's not like it's a huge contract. Uh, one, one quick thing on the buyout market though, obviously Dragic has been linked to Dallas since people were, you know, hoping he was going to get bought out this summer. You know the ties, Slovenian, you know, uh, won the Euro Championship together. He's known Lucas since he was in diapers, so on and so forth. I, I, I don't know if that's a sure thing. Um, one, he's, he's got to negotiate a buyout with the Spurs, and I'm not sure it's going to be the simple, hey, you know, we'll pay you everything but the minimum, go, go forward. The other thing is, like, I don't know if he has a role here in Dallas, and if he wants to chase rings – Milwaukee, Miami, some other places, you know, I think he might both have a bigger role and a much better chance at uh, chasing a ring. So if he wants to play, the Celtics would be an interesting fit too. Like they, you know, they traded Dennis Schroeder today. It, that would, I would be curious to see about that. That would be yeah. interesting. Well, Miami, uh, they did a little deal with Oklahoma city, um, uh, earlier this week that opened up a roster spot and bought them mm-hmm. space below the luxury tax. He was not eligible to re-sign with Miami because they had traded him earlier this year. In the, but now uh, he is. can. Yeah. Now he can. So I mean, he's Miami. he's no, been interest. in my he's been in Miami. Uh, yeah. Miami's got a lot of guys in the rotation. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's sort of why I think that probably isn't a likely option yeah. there. I would I do think to your point, McMahon. You saw the the Milwaukee Bucks trade Dante Divincenzo for Serge Ibaka today to get a big. They obviously haven't had Brooke Lopez. You know, they had talks about Dennis Schroeder. You know, if he gets bought out in Houston, I could maybe see Dennis there. He obviously was with Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta. And I, I, like you said, if Goran wants to play, that's an interesting spot for him to go play. You know, there's obviously, you know, Giannis would probably be on the phone recruiting him there. That's a that's one I think to watch, too. Yeah. And, and look, obviously, I'm not saying Dallas is not going to get him. I still think there's a, at least a decent chance. I just don't think it's kind of the slam dunk that well, trading uh, for Spencer Dinwiddie say. certainly takes away a bunch right. of minutes that he would have played like that's right. that was my thought, too. when they made that deal. I was like, that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting, given, you know, where things where things stood, because you sort of thought, all right, he's going to get bought out. He'll go be that other guy in the backcourt in Dallas. It made a lot of sense. Now, like you said, if he's not going to play, you know, makes you wonder what he might decide to do. I will say this. Um, Milwaukee, I still think I will put them as my favorite. And um, this week they, they've been on the West coast and they had kind of a, a, a messy performance in Denver. And um, from what I hear, they had a little meeting uh, the leaders of the team and they were like, let's start playing. What do you say? Yeah. How, how, and how, how about we don't just keep it on cruise control into the playoffs and yeah. maybe like and start they, trying to win games and get a, get a good seed. Absolutely throttled the Lakers and Clippers on, you know, not that that's, you know, climbing the mountain, but it was like, okay. And I don't even know if they'll be able to keep that same energy during the record during the rest of the regular season, but it was just a reminder. They're pretty damn good. They're pretty good. But I will say like today was a loss for Milwaukee because the Sixers and Nets, in my opinion, both became a little bit more potent yeah. uh, contenders and yeah. the Eastern conference playoffs, um, especially the Eastern seaboard there um, where Bontemps is. I mean, listen, you, like you said, I mean, listen, you go through the list, right? You've got Milwaukee, you've got Miami, you've got Chicago. If they get healthy, they're going to be really good. Obviously you've got Brooklyn and Philly Toronto, by the way, has gone 16 and six in their last 22 games. They just added that young. I think he's going to help them a lot. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're a really tough team to play. Boston is beating. I mean, they're playing all these crappy teams, but they're beating them by a trillion points. 
They just got Derek White. I think they got better today. I like Boston's um, day. They're they're so. playing really well. Like you go down seven, eight, nine, ten teams. You know Atlanta's playing much better now. That they're healthy. Like it's going to be hard to get out of the don't play. Don't you leave out those feisty Cavaliers? Oh, I thought I, they, I thought I they overpaid forget. for I've care. I thought you about Cleveland. Yeah, hey, I thought they overpaid no. for Caris LeVert, but he makes them better right now. Absolutely. Yeah. No, look, I, I, that was a complete oversight. They, they are really good too. Like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, Darius, Darius Garland, you know, deserves McMahon's favorite player gets in the all-star game. I mean, listen, they're trying to get out of the playing tournament is tough. Like that, that's the thing I think people should keep in mind, especially when it comes to Brooklyn. Like, obviously I think they're going to be really good with Ben Simmons, but it's going to take a little while to get Ben Simmons up to speed. Kevin Durant's still out. Kyrie still can't play in home games. Like we could be in a scenario where the nets are in, you know, say ninth place going into the playing tournament. And if they are, they're in a one and done game where as of now, Kyrie Irving can't play. So like, no, 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 ninth. You know, oh yeah. That's we'll right. See. Ninth place. He couldn't. Yes. Cause he'll be at home in that game. Like, no oh, boy. And they could be playing Atlanta or Boston or Charlotte, like a, a decent team, like Charlotte, by the I way. I don't know, man. Manchester when Durant, today. when like, Durant, we'll see. when Durant comes back, I think the Nets are going to lift. That's I think they're going to win plenty of games, but they're yeah. the, these other teams in the East are good is my point. Like it's yeah. not the West where like you're just guaranteed to get in the play-in game if you're basically ambulatory at this point. Hey, there's, right, well, a, there's a big fight for that 10 seed. A lot of moves <laughs> made to get to that 10 seed. <laughs> All right. Well, McMahon's got to go to a press conference and uh, Bontemps has got to go to a Philly, Philly plays tonight, right? Uh, no, tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. All right. Tomorrow. Well, all right. Tomorrow thanks. today. Once people hear this, go on. <laughs> thanks for listening to Hoop Collective Podcast. Thanks for following along during the trade deadline. We're all happy it's over. We'll talk to you guys next week. Adios, amigos. <laughs>